You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. runs on a different timetable than we do. He runs on a different time schedule than we do. We used to have a, a little couple phrases we used to say around here that Jesus is never late. He's never early. He's right on time. Because his time is always right. And he appears just when we need him. But we also know that Jesus only does what? The things that the Father tells him to do. It's not new news to learn Jesus runs on a different timetable than we do. However, it's hard to accept this. In our message today, Pastor Dave reminds you Jesus only does the things his Father tells him to. It doesn't matter how hard you pray, how unwavering your faith may be, if it's not the Lord's will, he will not act. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 11 as he continues his message on Explained Delays. Jesus' reply should have encouraged the sisters. Lazarus won't die. Everything's going to happen for the glory of God. This should have comforted them. It should have given them hope. It should have given them peace. This is what they were waiting for, a word from Jesus. This sickness is not unto death. But as we read the story, Lazarus is already dead. How can this message give them hope? What was Jesus asking of them? What was Jesus asking of us in the midst of similar circumstances? He's asking them, and he's asking us today to keep our eyes on the eternal. Keep our eyes on the eternal, not the temporal. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on that which will last forever. Don't get caught up in this life. He's asking us to believe in spite of the circumstances, regardless of how discouraging they may be. But the next two verses leave us with a question. Let's read the next two verses. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, Lazarus, he stayed there two more days in the place where he was. Excuse me? When he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Wait a minute. If God really loved these people, why wasn't he going lickety-split? To their home. That question has to be asked. And if you're not thinking that question, well, you got more faith than I have. Why didn't God rush to the to the rescue? Pretty interesting. I have a book by Warren Wiersbe, and it's entitled God Is It in a Hurry. It's a great book. Listen to this quote from his book. Quote: God can go grow a mushroom overnight, but he will take time to grow an oak or a giant sequoia. It took him 13 years to get Joseph ready for the prime minister's office in Egypt, and he invested 80 years in preparing Moses for 40 years of service. David was only a young man when God appointed him king of Israel, but he had to experience a great deal of suffering before he finally ascended to the throne. In God's timing, there are sometimes unexplained delays. 
We have an unexplained delay now in the life of Mary and Martha. Their, their brother is sick. In fact, he's probably already dead. This probably confused the disciples. It really confused them. Why did he allow his Lazarus to be sick in the first place? Why did he delay? What was the delay all about? Couldn't Jesus just say a word and the man would be healed? He did that in John 4 with the nobleman. He did that in other uh, gospels with the centurion. He just said the word and the man was healed from afar. Why didn't Jesus do that? We read through these verses how much he loved for these people and how much love flowed between them. But his actions here contradict all of that. They have to if you read it sensibly. One commentator said this, and this is interesting. Quote, God's love for us is not a pampering love. It is a perfecting love. Wow, yeah. God's love for us is not a pampering love. It's a perfecting love. Remember what God had a purpose here. He was perfecting their faith. He was building their faith, not only of Mary and Martha, but also of the disciples who were watching intently what was going on. God was building faith here. Jesus was building faith here. This delay, this time spent, these two days when Jesus didn't rush to his brother's side, he was perfecting and building faith. And in fact, even though God loves us, there is no guarantee that we will be sheltered from the problems and pains of life. It's just the opposite. Jesus promised we would have them. Jesus promised we would have them. The sister's faith, along with the disciples' faith, was being perfected. Jesus' message to the sister did not say their brother would die. He didn't say he would not die. He only promised that the death would be the ultimate result because the ultimate result would be the glory of God. Now, I ask you a question. Who in this room doesn't want God to be glorified by their life? I didn't think so. Everybody would agree that they want God to be glorified in our lives. The problem is we also want to dictate the terms at which we're glorified. We want to dictate the terms of which we're glorified. Jesus shows that his delays are not denials, but they're in order to bring glory to God. We find ourselves confronting with disease. We find ourselves confronted with disappointment, delays, even death. And our only encouragement is the word of God. We must live by faith and not by sight. And this situation seemed quite hopeless, and yet the sisters knew that Jesus was the master of all situations. They had confidence in him. They had confidence in him. And this, although seemed quite hopeless, they knew that they could rely on him. Psalm 50.15 says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. What is the main result? Glorifying God. Glorifying God in our bodies. Jesus didn't return. There was an unexpected delay. Jesus was not waiting for Lazarus to die. Jesus knew that Lazarus was dead already. Jesus knew that. Why then did he delay? Well, in case you haven't realized this, Jesus runs on a different timetable than we do. He runs on a different time schedule than we do. 
We used to have a, a little couple phrases we used to say around here that Jesus is never late. He's never early. He's right on time because his time is always right, and he appears just when we need him. But we also know that Jesus only does what? The things that the Father tells him to do. Jesus said that already in the Gospel of John early on. I only do those things that the Father's telling me to do. I only say those things that the Father is telling me to say. Jesus and the Father, remember, are one. They are in communication with each other. Was he waiting for the Father to tell him it's now time? Because he knew going back to Bethany, going back that close to Jerusalem, he knew that it would just be a matter of time before they arrested him. So the time really wasn't up yet. So Jesus was waiting for the Father to tell him. Why? Because Jesus is always thinking spiritually. He doesn't think physically. He thinks spiritually. This should be a lesson to us. We should always be spiritually minded, not physical minded. Yes, we live in this world, but this world is falling apart, folks. This world is a pit. We should always be thinking spiritually. We should always be wanting to glorify the Father. There are going to be times in our lives when we are waiting, maybe even asking God to do something, and there will be a delay. It is what you do during this delay that is most important, how you show your faith to others, because others are going to be looking in, watching you in this delay, wondering what you're going to do. How are you going to get through this? Are you going to prop yourself up with alcohol, with drugs, with pornography? What are you going to prop yourself up with during these delays? People are watching and people are waiting. Paul knew this. The Apostle Paul knew that these delays would come. And most of the delays seemed to correspond with suffering. Most of God's delays seemed to correspond with suffering. And we suffer during these delays. When you want something very, very badly and it's not coming to you and you know it might even be God's will, there's suffering involved. When you have a sick person in your house, there's suffering involved. When there is a death, there's suffering. When there's hopelessness, there's suffering. Paul knew about this. And in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 4, he addresses this. Paul addresses this. And he tells us the key on what to do during these times of delays. He tells us the key of what to do. Beginning in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Ah, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are eternal. And hence, Paul now gives us the key as to what we're to do and how we're to act when God delays doing something. When God delays doing something. Paul mentions afflictions. He mentions suffering. He mentions persecutions all through 2 Corinthians because sufferings bring out a depth of character that nothing else can produce in a person. Your character really comes out when you're in the midst of suffering. 
People can really see what you're made of when you're in the midst of suffering. They can tell. They can look in and know where you're putting your hope, where you're putting your trust. Waiting for God to answer during a period of suffering is extremely hard. But God uses these delays for our benefit. A delay while we're suffering does something inside us. It causes our roots of faith to go deep. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, a tree with those deep, deep, deep roots. You know, we look at a tree and it's beautiful, and and it goes up, we're marveling at it, but we've never seen what's underneath. The root system of a tree is huge. It's expansive to hold up this massive tree. It's expansive, and the deeper the roots, the bigger the tree, and it holds it up. That's what suffering does to us. That's what happens while we suffer. Our roots go down. Our roots of faith are dug deeper and deeper, and we cling to Jesus Christ. It develops our character. It develops our strength like nothing else. It develops a lasting hope, and it helps us with our perseverance. That's what suffering does. Nobody wants to suffer. But I don't know, guys. I've read the book several times, and there's a lot of suffering in here. And you know what? A lot of suffering promised. A lot of suffering promised. But you can suffer according to God's will. What? Yes, you can suffer according to God's will. And through that suffering, God can develop in you a depth of character that cannot be developed any other way. This long time that Mary and Martha are waiting, God is actually building their faith. He is actually building their faith. What else do they have to trust in? What else do they have to trust in? You get a time like this, you better be trusting in the Lord or you'll find yourself in a world of hurt. I'm sorry. You better be trusting in the Lord. Sometimes God delays his actions to allow our faith to grow. The old outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What does that mean? We're becoming stronger and stronger in the Lord as we wait for his appearing. And since we said waiting for his appearing, we are in an unexpected delay right now. We are encompassing an unexpected delay right now in the history of the world because we are in a holding pattern, folks. We are in a waiting period. The Bible gives us promises, and one of the major promises in the world is that Jesus Christ will come back for his church. He will come back to his church. We will be caught up into the air, and we will be with him forever. It's called the rapture, and we are waiting for that. It hasn't happened. He's been talking about this for over 2,000 years, and it hasn't happened yet. We are in an unexplained delay. We are happening in the delay. So what are you doing during this delay? How you view this delay, let me know is how you live your life. Is God increasing your faith? Is God working in you, building you up and increasing your faith through this delay? Or have you had it? I'm not waiting anymore. I can't wait anymore for this Jesus. You would be the first one. Many have fallen away because Jesus hasn't come back. Many have left because they think we're believing in a pie in the sky story. He's not coming back. If he would have, he wouldn't have been here by now. Many people have that. This world is dying and is in terrible shape. We see suffering on every single corner. We know the Lord is the answer, but sometimes we cannot see him in the midst. There is this delay going on. We know he's coming back. 
Some people think that his coming came long ago, and they're confused. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians about that. They thought they missed it. And, Jesus, and Paul said, no, he'll come with a shout. He'll come with the voice of an archangel in 2 Corinthians. He'll come, and we will meet him in the air. And then he ends it by saying, comfort one another with these things. It should be a comfort to us. It should build our faith while we wait. The Lord is ever working. His delay is our benefit. Why? So that your loved ones can come into the kingdom. Those that are still unsaved can come into the kingdom. There's a purpose for his delay because it's God's will that none would perish. It's God's will that all would come to repentance. Why do you think Paul started out this section with don't lose heart? Don't lose heart. We've been through a lot. And we have been through a lot. And the strength of character that has built within our inner man is big. And it's huge. But I love this verse. Our light affliction is but for a moment. Oh, I love that. I like that, folks. Man, when we're waiting during unexplained delay, it seems like years. It seems like years for that plumber to get there and fix that leaky faucet. It seems like years when you pray and God doesn't answer your prayer right away. When you have wayward children who are off doing everything under the sun, wayward grandchildren who are out doing all who knows what, and you pray and you pray and you pray and you don't see anything. You give up? No. No, you continue to have hope, and your faith is built, and your faith comes up, and your faith is strong. Your faith is strong. A moment in God's time clock? The blip. Why? Because we're vapor. Our lives are vapor. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was 20 years old, and I blinked. I became 40 years old. I blinked again, and I became 60 years old. I half blinked and became 70 years old. I'm never blinking again. We're a blip. We're vapor. Boosh. Like the grass that withers away. What a vapor. God's timing. But hours drag on when you're suffering. I can imagine how long each day was for Mary and Martha as they watched their dear brother suffer, going down, deep down, possibly dying. They don't know. But Jesus knew he was going to die. Jesus knew he was dead already. It must have felt like an eternity before they heard from Jesus. What if we suffered for 50 years? As far as God's concerned, it's a blip. It's only a moment. A moment in time. Life is but a vapor. It only appears a moment, then it vanishes. But the eternal weight of glory compared to this light affliction. The eternal weight of glory compared to this light affliction that awaits for us in heaven does not compare. There is no comparison. Our problem is, is that so often we're looking at the temporal. I'm in this continuum. I'm in this time continuum, and all I'm seeing is what's before my eyes. I'm looking at the sickness, I'm looking at the illness, I'm looking at the death, I'm looking at the things. Now, I'm not minimizing pain, I'm not minimizing problems, because they're real. But in order to overcome the problem, we look to the one who is able. We look to Jesus Christ. We move forward and look to him. We cast our eyes on him. We look at him because he is able to take care of what concerns us today. 
if we keep our eyes on the affliction, if we keep our eyes on the world as it falls apart, we'll go into a tizzy. Well, we'll go into a tizzy. Mark and I were talking last week about this Supreme Court nomination. And, you know, we made a mistake of turning on the TV a little bit. And you get sucked right into it. You get drawn right into it. And all of a sudden, you become all crazy and all upset about what's going on. It's temporal, folks. It's temporal. There is no rewarding and redeeming quality eternity in that. In that. But how easy it just draws you in. This light affliction. I love it. Paul calls all this a light affliction. But for a moment, God has an eternity planned for you. An eternity of glory that's indescribable. An eternity that so far exceeds anything you could possibly dream of. An eternity of beauty, wonder, awe, blessing, joy, and love. God's eternal plan. This light affliction. It's going to pass. Life goes by so fast, it's a blip. While we look at things that are not seen, this is the secret. Look to God. Look to the Lord during these delays. Look to him. Keep looking. Don't stop. Believe in the promises. Believe in the Son, Jesus Christ. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus told the disciples right before he left in John 14. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Jesus is the cure for a hurting heart. He's the cure for a broken heart. We look to him. The secret that Paul gives us is don't look at the things you see. Keep your eyes on the eternal, the things which are not seen. During those delays, where are your eyes? On the temporal passing things? The world and all that there is? Where do you place your values? In the temporal passing things? God help us that we might look to the eternal and place our value on eternal things. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 2, gives us the answer. Looking unto Jesus. And in some translation it says, fix our eyes upon Jesus. Looking unto him. Why? He is the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him, which was us, endured the cross, despising all shame. And now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us. Everybody wants the answer to our problems. There it is. The answer to our problem is fix our eyes on that which is unseen, the eternal, and not what is seen, the temporal. Because I trust you folks, the temporal will drive you cuckoo. Keep your eyes on the temporal, you go to a bad place. It's a rough, terrible place if you keep your eyes on that. Fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on the eternal, and there's a good place for you, a place of hope, a place of peace, a place of power, and a place of joy. And this is what Jesus is trying to get the disciples, Martha and Mary, to do during this unexplained delay. And this is what he wants us to do during the unexplained delay of his not coming back. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You are a sure.
The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit assurehoperadio.com. Perhaps you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. You can also click on the Jesus tab at assurehoperadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how he can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.